0: It's Wednesday, middle of July, we're in Charlotte, Tyler Aki alongside Jonathan Hoppy. We've got a fizzcast for you from ACC Media Kickoff, going to go through all of today's events. We'll get to Larry Fedora pretty much saying the country's falling as we see it. We'll get into some pit stuff as well and what we're looking forward to tomorrow out of Syracuse and the rest of the Coastal Division. We had a lot of fun today. It's it's always a fun scene being at these kind of media kickoff things and, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow.
1: Yeah, it was a big day today, Tyler, for day one, because we got several storylines. We found out that Syracuse is going to come out with that nickel defense that we saw in the spring game. Didn't think that that would maybe happen this early in the preseason media guide, but hey, just that much more to talk about come tomorrow. All
0: right, everything that's coming up now on the FizzCast. Let's go. FizzCast! Without Jerry McIntyre, we wouldn't have won 10
1: f-ing games this year.
0: You're watching okay? Fizz.
1: Okay? Not 10. Most brutal thing I've seen in 30 years.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Fizz, and especially if it comes from our people. And welcome to the Fizz. OrangeFizz.net. All right, from the beautiful city of Charlotte, this is Tyler Rocky and Jonathan Hoppy with a ACC Media Kickoff Special Fizzcast for you out there in Orange Nation. We've got a lot to get to today. We're going to go through a lot of the UNC stuff that Larry Fedora said. Uh, just some crazy stuff coming out of his mouth today. We're gonna get to all that. In case you haven't heard, just go go pause the po- pause the podcast right now and just go look up what he said before we actually get into it. All right, because you need to see this before you need some context before we explain it to you. You know I it's think,
1: crazy if we're telling you to leave the podcast. Yes.
0: Anyways, while while you're also surfing the Twitterverse, be sure to follow us online at OrangeFizz. Also, we have our opponent, Syracuse opponent. Thread going up on our website, orangefizz.net. So Quality be sure to, information. Be sure to check all that out, everything you need to know about all of Syracuse's opponents in 2018, uh, as well as some bits and blurbs of what these coaches and players that are present saying at the media day itself. And uh, we're also just going to be producing content throughout the whole week. So be sure to check us out there. Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter, iTunes. Subscribe to us on the Apple Podcast Center. Orange Fizz, drop us a five-star and you'll get all these Fizzcasts. We're gonna do another one tomorrow after Syracuse, and the rest of the ACC speaks. So that'll be fun. Be sure, be on the lookout for that. And we're also going to be doing our Fizz Radio episode as well. That's coming up this Saturday on the Score twelve sixty. So be sure to tune into that from nine to ten a.m. Eastern time for those of you not on the Eastern time zone. I've I've had to readjust to the Eastern time zone. I, I flew over from Chicago. I, I pick up that hour. So I'm still recalibrating a little bit. little dogged right now. I know we're going to a Charlotte's Knights game. You know, you said we're going to do three things. You said this on Fizz Radio last week. We're going to do three things in Charlotte. We're going to go to a Knights game, we're going to get good barbecue, and we're going to go to your lake house. So after tonight, we're going to have two of those boxes checked on a four-day trip.
1: And then hopefully tomorrow we'll check the third one. Yeah. Does that sound good?
0: Fizz Radio from a boat seems like... Let's do right it now. in the middle of a lake. It's got to be the first ever The Fizz perfect way episode. to cap yeah. off.
1: <laughs> right on Lake Norman, right? Syracuse Media Days, Lake Norman. <laughs> and you know what? You say that you're dogged from the jet lag. Well, you're an hour behind, or I guess mm-hmm. an hour ahead. So yeah, but guess we're what? filming
0: this, or we're taping this at about 6 o'clock right now. All right? So it's 5 o'clock for me. Okay. I
1: still adjust. Well, it worked out for you last night because your flight got so delayed we are going to yeah. get dinner. We're thinking we're getting dinner what, 8 o'clock? Turns out we're, they're more like 9.30. Yep. And well, you did like the brisket you had, right? It was
0: delicious. Best brisket I've ever had. So, props to you. What was that, Max?
1: Yeah, Max Speed Shop. South End Charlotte. If you're ever there. If you're <laughs> somehow recommend. coming down at any point. Maybe Five for stars. the ACC tournament next year. Maybe for the ACC football champion. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding about that Let's one. not get ahead of ourselves. Maybe in a few years, but not right now.
0: Anyway... So let's get into all the craziness that went down. I think we, we've already told you to pause the podcast. I hope you looked up what Larry Fedora said in case you haven't. Here's what he said. He basically equated the, the, just, he equated football itself to the country crumbling. And he put football and the country's well-being on the same pedestal, says basically if football crumbles, the country's going to come tumbling down right with it and says that you can't recognize the game anymore and that it's a completely different sport than what he grew up with. Meanwhile, you you listen to all these other coaches, they acknowledge that and say, yeah, like, it's a different sport, but you learn to adapt, and they give you the the politically correct answer, as they did. But Larry Fedora, just no holding back from him, and also basically says CTE is not a result of football. And I I saw an interesting take on Twitter, and I kind of get where they're coming from on this. Again, you don't want to be... Going into these kids' houses and telling them, hey, I'm going to actually send you to your grave a little earlier than you thought. I mean, that's not a selling point to any recruit, and even if it's brutally honest. But at the end of the day, this is football. Like These kids know what they're getting into. They know what they're signing up for. They know it's not necessarily the safest of sports. You're not playing tennis out there. You're playing helmet-to-helmet contact uh, on a lot of plays.
1: It's a dangerous game. And you know what? I do have a problem with what Fedora said when he brings the country into it. He tried to talk about the <laughs> that military. Was just the next step. Because here's and, for me, Tyler. The game is under attack. I'm fine with him saying that. Because in a lot of ways, it is under attack, but right. for good reason. That's the issue here. Is It's not like people are just pulling stuff out of their butts and saying football needs to end. There is data that supports football can lead to certain brain trauma and certain troubles that no one wants to have i mean we've seen the junior Seau incident and all that sort of thing In the that Washington stuff State, even that i mean that's there's a it's so a 20, 21 year old kid and who's that's that's why the game is under attack okay it. that's why it's under attack it's not under attack because people want football to end because people like there's basketball or there's no vendetta out against football
0: <laughs> let's just make that clear right now it's just these are the facts Either take them or leave them, but these are the facts.
1: Your sport is dangerous. And that's tough to swallow for some people because I played high school football. I grew up around the game. I know many people who love football, and when that whole concussion movie came out, were disgusted by that because they didn't want to believe what they were watching. Everything they were finding out, no way this could happen in a game that's taught me so much in life. Football has taught me so much. It's made me a better person. I wouldn't trade anything for the seven years that I played football. But what it comes down to is this sport is not safe. So for Fedora to take that much offense publicly, that's where the issue comes in here. Because, yes, we get it. The media, us, we're asking those questions. That's what they're facing. All these concussion questions, that's not what they want to talk about. They want to talk about the positives. And at some point they get fed up, and that happened today. I think the crazy thing is... is Everyone wants to put the ACC on this
0: pedestal. It's like the shining beacon of academia. And then you've got Larry Fedora going out there saying, "Yeah, uh, CTE is not affected to football." And then you've got Duke head coach uh, Cutcliffe saying that, "Yeah, the the punt's the longest offensive play in football." Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that, like, and he said cut. it with a dead straight face, and I think everyone just kind of looked at each other, like, "Did he really just say that?" The punt, look, like, he can then, say whatever he you, wants. It makes He's you think legend. about it too, like. Yeah, like technically it is the longest play in football, but you're giving the ball to the other team. If he says it, I believe it. Anyways, so ew, Fedora, I mean, he stole the show. I think I even saw something from Pete Thamel saying he ran into or someone ran into him in the hallways after and said, "Dude, you're blowing up Twitter." And He's like, "Why?" Like he doesn't even understand right. that like he he is causing. I mean, without a, a doubt, on the, scene. the story of day one Absolutely, is Larry yeah. Fedora mm-hmm. because
1: a lot of times in those things we were talking about it. It gets so stale. It's just PR. He he was first, too, I believe, right? He was first. He went out in the breakout rooms. He didn't say it in front of all of us. We weren't in there, but the local reporters that cover UNC and really want to get all that info were in there. And boy, did it break out in a hurry. That was one of the
0: more bizarre things you'll hear. I think probably will be the beaming highlight of what this entire week was.
1: I think so. And again, I get it. I understand where he's coming from with the attack on football. But at some point, if you're a big pro football guy like that, you have to grasp the numbers. And you have to understand, because they always say, you know the saying that football is the safest it's ever been? Mm -hmm. It's true, because the equipment is the best it's ever been. Think about what they used to play with. They used to play with like the leather on their heads. But you know what's also the the best it's ever been? The research. Everything they're putting into this to find out that football is so dangerous. So you can have the best equipment, the best helmets... But at the end of the day, there is proof in the pudding that bad things are happening to people who play football.
0: And we say we've got the best research, we've got the best equipment, but we also have the best athletes at this point as well. And I think that needs to be taken into consideration because that's always changing. These guys are bigger, faster, stronger. I mean, linebackers 30 years ago are way different than linebackers are today. Linebackers 30 years ago, they tried to drive you with force. Linebackers today, they try to drive you with quickness and, and power. And it's just a completely different beast. They're coming at you way faster. And I feel like the
1: dual-threat quarterback era has Mm -hmm. also sort of factored into this. Because now you've got guys like Eric Dungy taking off from the pocket, and it just creates another runner in open space. And a lot of times those situations are the most dangerous. And I know we talk about Dungy and him needing to slide and not getting popped. Hasn't always done that, but it's a dangerous sport. But it's also a great sport. So I'm really interested to see what happens because the money still comes in. We heard commissioner Swaffer talk about it today. The ACC network is going to launch launch rather in a linear form next fall. So that's just another Avenue of revenue. All that sort of overcomes the ratings dip and we'll see if they come back up. But now this concussion stuff that's been working for the past five or so years, it's, you know, There's a lot of problems with the game, and and we'll see where it goes from here, but Fedora was definitely a bit outside the box today. Yeah, he,
0: he knew he had to kind of make up some ground. I mean, UNC didn't do so hot in the tournament yeah, he, this year, so what <laughs> he got to do? You got to pull that football team up out of... I mean, the football team hasn't been relevant since Mitch Trubisky was there two years ago, and since then, last year, a huge, disappointing season, even though they were they a stung. pretty competitive team at times, but just a, a, a massive disappointment after one of the better seasons in unc football and then you got to bring yourself back to relevance so what does larry fedora do make the most outrageous come i, I like the move but at the same time you got to be smarter than that
1: like <laughs>
0: that is just it was
1: probably calculated do you think you do you think he just had went up there been. and was just... oh yeah absolutely
0: absolutely so that's all it is pr <laughs> No PR is bad PR, right? Nope. Tune in
1: tomorrow for <laughs> some great PR from Dino Babers.
0: That, that SID had to have been losing his mind. Yeah. God bless him. Good luck with that. Uh, so getting to the UNC football aspect, again, this is a team with some problems right now. They they need to actually look at who's going to play quarterback, and there are no indications of who that is quite yet. Is it going to be Chaz Surrett, or is it going to be Nathan Elliott? Again, two players... And basically, from what we heard from the players and the coaches, they're two very different guys and tough to evaluate. It's going to come down to who's the one that really separates from the pack, both on and off the field. And listen, there may be a guy who starts week one, but by the time Syracuse faces them, I believe in week seven, we
1: could be seeing a different face. That's a winnable game, and that's what you got to think about if you're Syracuse. That's a team that you need to beat. You've got the back-to-back with North Carolina and NC State both in the Carrier Dome. So I'm interested to see. That for me is like the crucial stretch of the season because then you've got Pittsburgh before that. I think you go to Wake Forest right after those games. So it's just a really crucial stretch. And this is a Carolina team who thinks that it will be back up to where it was right around the 7-8-9 win mark. But last year... I think they only got what two or three, three wins? wins three, yep, three wins nine. last year I mean it was a complete joke and you gotta think they're gonna bounce back but it all starts at the quarterback play like you said and you know I, I want to have faith in Larry Fedora just as an observer in terms of what he can do on the field but he starts making comments like this you know I don't know where this program is at yeah. so for me that's a swing team in the ACC especially in the coastal after a down season Carolina is going to need to pick it up if the Coastal wants to have a better year overall and I'm not sure if they can do it or not.
0: Yeah, I mean it's like the whole hockey saying, if you have two goalies you have none. I think the same applies to quarterbacks, especially at the college level where there you usually have the guy and it's usually one out by experience. Again, that's probably the case right now with Syracuse where I mean Eric Dungey's a talented quarterback, but Tommy DeVito's got a hell of a lot of talent behind him, but Dungey's going to start cuz he's the more experienced guy. He knows the system. He's been with the flow, right. knows
1: it all at the back of his hand. He's more prepared to right. win now with Syracuse. Right. But maybe a year or two from now, we might look back on this and say DeVito is much better than Dungy was. I don't necessarily think so. I, I think they'll be fairly similar. But really quickly, we talked to Don Munson, the play-by-play guy for Clemson, mm-hmm. And he told us he expects Kelly Bryant. I know you and I have been, been following this yeah, a this, lot.
0: This is a very different scenario of the this is more like the Syracuse scenario. Right. It just brought that up. You've got two quarterbacks, you've got none. Syracuse has two quarterbacks,
1: but they have two quarterbacks. Yeah. A starter and a backup. Right. But now you talk about Clemson and we'll talk about this later. Don't have a ton of time today. We'll do it tomorrow. I'll I was do gonna do to save tomorrow. this for tomorrow, but yeah, you can save go it. Save it for tomorrow. But anyways, what he told us is he thinks Kelly Bryant is going to start every game. And then Trevor Lawrence, the guy who's supposed to be this huge five star quarterback, supposedly run the ball.
0: ahead of the development the that next Deshaun Watson thing, was at this point.
1: Exactly. And they rave about him, but he doesn't think that he's going to take the, over the job. So that's something really fun to watch. And you know that's all that Dabo is going to be asked about tomorrow. Right. Is that situation where they've got two quarterbacks. I think they've got another one in there. I don't know his name, but. He's pretty competitive, so Clemson is just a powerhouse right now. Anyways, tune in tomorrow for that. Yeah. So let's get to Pitt, the other
0: team that Syracuse is going to face next season that spoke today. Pitt's kind of a, an interesting program. You don't really know what to expect out of them. Uh, you're going to go through a quarterback change, no more Max Brown. Pat Narduzzi starting to get his, his footing a little bit there's no you almost feel like they're kind of the the a more established version of Syracuse and the other division at this point. and they've kind of started to figure out the blueprint a little bit some bowl games here or there, but this pitt Panthers team is one that I don't see being very
1: good next year. It's tough for me to say because first two seasons under Narduzzi, eight and five, eight and five. then they come out last year and they're I believe five and seven. Like you said, Max Brown, the transfer they had, they thought he might be better. Ended up having three quarterbacks that all had over 500 yards, so mm-hmm. not much stability there. But now you get Kenny Pickett in there, and I tell you, he's pretty good. Yeah. And he's somebody that they found against that Miami team when they beat the number 2 Miami Hurricanes, and they were like, this guy's good. This is our guy for the future. He's just a sophomore. Missed out on being redshirted. Could have gotten redshirted right. with the new rules this mm-hmm. year, which... I'm sure Narduzzi would have liked, but it's all about quarterback play. He
0: said, were we planning on redshirting Pickett? Yes. Do we wish those redshirt rules were back last year? Absolutely. (laughs) Because having him around would have been a, a really nice thing to have for an extra year.
1: It all comes down to quarterback play. That's what I've determined is because we talk about the troubles that Syracuse has had in the second half of the season. Well, that's mostly because Eric Dungy hasn't been there. Right, that's all what it boils down to. And Pitt wasn't great last year because they didn't have a quarterback. Now they've got a quarterback who they think is pretty good. They've got Quadri Olson back there. They're going to be dangerous. There, there's no doubt about that. They are going to be dangerous. And I, I'm a bit higher on Pitt than you are because I see that potential. And there's another guy, Darren Hall, that that was escaping me a moment ago. You know, they've got two good backs. They've got a decent offensive line, and they've got Narduzzi, who I like. I think he's a good coach. Anyone that can come in, you know, back-to-back eight and fives. Last year, they were inexperienced. Now they've got more experience, more senior leadership. I'm 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 high on Pitt, and that's the issue is when I look at the ACC Atlantic, there's a lot of good teams, and I can't decide, and I know that we're going to have to vote and all this media stuff. I can't decide where I see Syracuse placing, but we'll get into that more later in the week, so... Let me watch tomorrow and try to figure that out. But right now, I think Pitt propels back up to that 6-7, not 8, but I think they're going to be in the conversation of a team that Syracuse wants to outperform. I don't know if they can because it all comes down to health of the quarterback and that sort of thing. But I do think Syracuse is similar now because they are more experienced. So I, right. I just think the Atlantic's really good this year. I mean, really, both of it. And like I said, I'm not high
0: on Pitt, but – at the same time, feasibly, every single one of these ACC teams could be bowl eligible. Like it, there is not a single team I think in the conference, except maybe UNC, where if they w- weren't bowl eligible, I'd be like, wow, I'm surprised. But that even team isn't them, contending.
1: you know, it's UNC. It, it's Larry Fedora who's had success there, right? And he's got a program as bad as they were last year. You could see them making a bowl, Virginia. Pretty good last year. I yeah. think, did they make a bowl they game did last make a bowl, year? Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I there are some wins, yeah. Yeah, that people are expecting to drop off a lot under Bronco Mendenhall, but I don't see that happening. I guess somebody's got to lose these games. That's also, the thing.
0: Quick note about Bronco Mendenhall. I don't know what Virginia does with its coaching hirings, but they're all like Bronco Mendenhall and Tony Bennett are the same person. I, I noticed that just in the way they speak. They always are so like, they look kind of similar, and, and too. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> and they, they kind of have that vibe, like, you could see this guy going into your house and, and trying to recruit your, your kid, and you're just like, damn, I want my kid to play for that guy. Like, Tony Bennett and, and Bronco Mendenhall are one and the same. They are, just the way they go about everything, their tone, their mannerisms, it just, like, I remember back at the ACC tournament, listening to to Tony Bennett, kind of, uh, he, he, he was, like, jabbing at his players a little bit, and, and he's just a Comes off as a very friendly guy. I got that same exact vibe out of Bronco Mendenhall. They're just cut from the same cloth. Um, okay, now let's move into tomorrow. Just some quick stuff right here. So, Syracuse will be one of the first teams we see tomorrow. I don't know exactly what you're looking for or what you're planning on on talking to Babers and, and Chris Slayton and Eric Dungy. So, just what's your little preview of what you think, what you want to know from these guys?
1: Well, I've got an article posted on orangefizz.net, five burning questions, and I think it all starts with that nickel defense. You know, what is the purpose behind that? And Babers has said that it's because of the loss of linebackers. So I'm interested to hear, you know, he's going to face a lot of questions about that. What's his mindset in terms of that nickel defense? I know NC State runs it, a couple other teams in the ACC. So it's different from that traditional 4-3 Tampa 2. I think that now has taken over the storyline of this day. Is that nickel defense and Antoine Cordy, Andre Cisco, who slotted in to start yep. at free safety as just a freshman? So that's something that I'm really gonna watch for. And then you know me, I'm an offensive line guy, but I, I've got to see <laughs> how many.
0: I'm gonna set the over/under right now <laughs> at four and a half. Coda Martin questions from Jonathan Hoppy.
1: Might have to go over that, you know, maybe <laughs> under because some of them will be broader, where I'm sure Coda will get marked up, but brought up, but. I just think that Cody Martin is the missing piece to this O-line. I mean, he's a legitimate tackle. Now you've got two of them. You've got your center in there at Aaron Service. You know, you've got Evan uh, Adams at right guard. And then you've got Aaron Roberts competing, who missed all of last year with Sam Heckel, who took mm-hmm. his place. So there is healthy comp- competition. Cody Conway. Cody Conway has been good at left tackle. He's going to stay there. These These pieces are interchangeable too. I feel Mm -hmm. like for once there is depth on this line and the first unit is strong. I want to hear what Babers has to say in terms of how these guys have been over the summer in workouts and what he expects from them next month.
0: Yeah, for me it's who's going to be the receiver that's going to be the guy. We've seen it the last two years under Babers. We had Amba Adetawo two years ago and then last year the Orange had Steve Ishmael. Ishmael you could kind of see coming. Adetawo not really, but when you look at it all and you, you break it down, it's kind of a big question mark this year. Who is going to be that guy? Because no one on this roster really has an established past at the receiver position for this Orange team. So that that's my burning question. And I also want to ask him about these basketball guys. Like we're looking at like three, four guys that want to play basketball. So I, I know he said a long time ago we're trying to build basketball on turf, and these kids are just taking it way too literally at this point. So. I'll ask him about that little, little, uh, a a up one to see what he thinks of Tristan Jackson. and, And I believe it's Trill Williams and, um, Taj Harris. That's the last one. So he recruits basketball players and football players for Syracuse. So they should really double his salary in my opinion. And if you guys out there in orange nation have any questions that you would like us to ask Chris Slayton or Eric Dungy or Dino Babers, Feel free to submit them to us at OrangeFizz. We'll try to accommodate any requests we get there. So that's going to do it for us here on the FizzCast. For Jonathan Hoppy. I'm Tyler Rocky. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode, so stay tuned to that. Be locked into us on OrangeFizz.net as well as on Twitter at OrangeFizz, Facebook OrangeFizz, and then also on SoundCloud and iTunes. Subscribe to us there. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of your day.